Hello and welcome to the Interactive Investor Podcast, where we discuss matters of investment interest. I'm Richard Hunter, Head of Markets, and in this episode, I'm delighted to be joined by Carlos Hardenberg, Lead Portfolio Manager of the Mobius Investment Trust. Carlos is one of three founding partners of Mobius Capital Partners and previously spent 17 years with Franklin Templeton Investments, starting as a research analyst based in Singapore, focusing on Southeast Asia. He then went on to live and work in Poland before moving to Istanbul for 10 years. Carlos has spent extensive time traveling in Asia, Latin America, Africa and Eastern Europe, researching companies and identifying investment targets. Prior to joining Franklin Templeton, Carlos worked as a corporate finance analyst for Bear Stearns International in London and New York. He holds a Master of Science degree in investment management from City University London and has studied in Germany, the UK and Pennsylvania in the United States. So first and foremost, a very warm welcome to you, Carlos, and thank you for sparing us some of your time. Well, thank you very much for, uh, for talking to me today. So in terms of the Mobius Investment Trust, could you talk us through the objectives and the investment style of the trust, please? Yes, Mobius Investment Trust has a very clear objective. The objective number one is to utilize our network, to utilize um, our experience, take advantage of our experience uh, so that we can find unique and very strong and very promising investment targets in all of the emerging and frontier markets. And by strong, I mean, especially those companies which are not discovered yet, which are not captured by an index, which are not really well covered by the sell side but which really display a great degree of quality, profitability, typically companies that are backed by families, companies which, which have developed a brand, which have developed strong barriers to, to compete with them. And there are plenty of them. There are plenty of companies which lie outside of the larger spectrum of the universe, companies which are more small mid-cap in size, uh, but which are really uh, very vibrant and which are uh, going to be big companies in the future. So we have that ability, we have the right team in place, we have the right resources, we have the right experience to find those. The current trust has actually the highest active share of all of the trusts that we know of that look at the space. Uh, so we, we are quite unique in the sense, and we're deploying two different pillars. One is to find the right companies, to analyze them, to understand them, to work with them, and to value them. And the second pillar is then to also extend a more uh, activist kind of collaboration uh, with companies so that they can learn from our experience so that they become entities with better governance, with more transparency and better policies. Uh, and that kind of combination of those two should lead to strong returns uh, over the long term. So with that in mind, um, obviously we, we're hearing about uh, emerging and frontier markets as a kind of broad brush description. How does your uh, geographical breakdown and indeed sector breakdown look on the trust? Yeah, so we are really searching the whole globe and we have the ability to do so because we have developed networks and all of these emerging and frontier markets over the last 30 years. And therefore, we have the ability to search in Brazil and in India and in South Korea and China and Taiwan. Uh, we're both utilizing internal resources, but also external resources in order to find those right names. Currently, the trust has a very high weighting in India. That's our largest destination at this point, with uh, 
almost 23%. And India is really a long-term story, a structural transformation story where we see plenty of opportunities, especially among those smaller companies. And it's both, it's companies that focus on the domestic market, which of course uh, is gigantic, but also companies which are focusing on exports. And India is a story that uh, still kind of needs to be told and it needs to be unfold, is still unfolding. The current China-US dispute is helping India indirectly. And we're seeing more and more foreign direct investments now targeting India as a destination. So that's helpful as well. And the Indian businesses bring a lot of expertise, a lot of skill, and they're covering niches uh, where they develop leadership. Uh, the second biggest position is in Brazil with 13%, again, mainly technology, e-commerce and software, followed by South Korea, which is again, predominantly technology, but also pharmaceuticals and South Korean businesses are really an indirect exposure also to China because Chinese consumers love anything that's coming from South Korea, followed by China, then Taiwan. We have a bit in Turkey, 6%, which is actually quite a lot. But again, names which are not really well known. Uh, we are exposed mainly to the software space in Turkey. And then followed by South Africa and Kenya, where we have about 4%. In terms of a split by sector, the trust is very much geared towards innovative and unique technology businesses, not, not the giants, not the Alibabas, not the Baidus, not the Tencents, uh, but really smaller businesses which partially cater to those larger businesses. Uh, so technology, 30%, consumer discretionary, 18 and again, more localized businesses, and then healthcare, 16%. So that has helped us a lot this year. As you can imagine, healthcare businesses are pretty sought after right now in this uh, current episode, followed by industrials and communication services. Just to give us a flavor of, of some of the companies that you've been searching for and describing, could you perhaps talk us through one or two of your top holdings? Sure. Well, first of all, the top 10 holdings make up more than 55% of the, the trust. So that is a, a illustration of the degree of diversification and concentration at the same time. Well, first of all, the concentration is evident here, but also diversification because the top 10 holdings are all over the world, from India to China, South Korea, South Africa, and also in different sectors. The, the beauty about this trust is that among the top 10 holdings, uh, there is, as I mentioned earlier, there's no overlap between the top 10 holdings and the uh, MSCI Emerging Market Mid-Cap Index, for example. Um, so they're truly actively sourced ideas. And to give you one example, we found a very interesting business in Taiwan. It's called eMemory Technology. And what they focus on is a fairly small business. When we started investing, it was less than a billion in market cap. But they deserve to be much larger and they deserve to be slowly discovered, which is happening right now, for the reason that they uh, have developed a unique strength and know-how in a technology called embedded non-volatile memory, which is very uh, important in the semiconductor space. They are supplying their know-how. It's, it's, it's actually an IP design business, so they don't manufacture. They just manufacture patents uh, and, and know-how which they then sell on to the big foundries. And one of their components, one of their technologies focuses on encryption technology, which is increasingly needed by products such as laptops, desktops, iPads, telephones, smartphones, uh, especially in this current phase where 
home office is becoming the name of the game. And in combination with this, the big, big challenge of securing corporate secrets, uh, communication channels uh, in corporate virtual private networks, uh, and to secure those from outside attacks. So eMemory is providing know-how and products to secure those. And the business is doing really well, and uh, it's beginning to be discovered slowly, e-memory technology. That's Taiwan. Another one worth mentioning, actually, the top holding, uh, which is quite unusual in our portfolio, because we really have predominantly businesses which are very, very ahead of the curve in terms of the sophistication of their services or products or technology. The biggest holding currently is called APL Apollo Tubes. And in a way, it's, it combines tradition with innovation. They are a leader in reinforced steel in India. They actually imported an Italian technology, which helps them to produce very sophisticated steel parts, which are needed in India in their desire to expand infrastructure to move from pure concrete uh, structures to steel, reinforced steel structures. Uh, and Apollo Tubes uh, is really a leader, a very, very high market share. And one of the areas that's driving the business is, of course, the 100 plus new airports, which are currently planned uh, in India uh, and many other industrial developments in manufacturing, etc. So a combination here of really a traditional business and some, uh, some uh, quite innovative uh, materials which they're offering. Uh, so those are two. I can give you a few more in, in the frontier space as well. We have a third one, Safaricom in Kenya, which is again a combination of a conservative communications business, but at the same time they are the leader by far, the leader in um, mobile uh, mobile money in East Africa, and therefore highly successful uh, in that part of the world where the physical infrastructure of banks is not really uh, in existence. Fascinating names there. It's interesting that you should mention your geographical exposure to the likes of India and Brazil in particular, because obviously this is a year which has been dominated by the pandemic. With the difficult economic backdrop in mind, how has the trust been holding up in 2020? Well, 2020 was a very challenging year, I guess, for everyone out there, including all of our portfolio companies, and most importantly for the populations in, in emerging markets, the people in emerging markets, they've been much more affected, much more severely affected than, um, than ourselves uh, here in developed markets. However, uh, the trust has been positioned in such a way that it, for the most part, was able to benefit from this phase of volatility and uncertainty, especially our exposure to technology and we have a significant, a significant exposure to particularly e-commerce in emerging markets. And that, of course, is something which was now propelled to further heights during the crisis. E-commerce in Latin America has done really well. E-commerce in Asia has done really well. But also the other technology names which we have in, in the portfolio have done quite well. The other interesting part is that we invested. One of our largest investments is a pharmaceutical healthcare business in um, China. Um, and especially the healthcare, healthcare business in China, which is a leader in orthopedic implants. They are leading in knee and hip 
uh, orthopedic implants, they benefited from the fact that it is increasingly difficult for American and European businesses to import into or export into China. So they've been gaining market share, they've been expanding their business, they've been expanding their reach, and they've done well, and therefore also the shares have done pretty well. So we have actually this year outperformed over 95% of our competitors in our space. Uh, we are first quartile. Um, in the last, whether it's year to date, six months, uh, or even the last couple of weeks, uh, continue to show really strong performance. There is a very low correlation also between the trust and the wider market because of the high active share. And that is, that is something which is by design. Understood. And perhaps the um, toughest question of all, although I think you've, you've partly answered it in the previous few questions, namely what your outlook is for here, not just uh, for the remaining couple of months of 2020, but perhaps in the medium term as well, Carlos. We are pretty large investors ourselves in our own trust, and we invested for the long term. So my investment horizon as an investor in the trust and as a manager of the trust is far beyond five years. So I'm really looking out uh, seven to 10 years, and I can see that emerging markets are set to really enter into a completely new growth phase. And that's no longer based on this catch-up of consumption uh, and household income. It's now catching up the markets, the companies are now catching up in technology and know-how. And whether it's, you know, we invested in education names and healthcare names, these are two sectors which were not there before. They are investing in their own solutions, in their own brands, in their own technology, in their own know-how, and that equips these markets with a unique set of opportunities. So I would think it'll be choppy along the way, and especially with more nationalism, more regulation, more protectional activities between those countries. We will see choppy, choppy environments, uh, but the companies are very well prepared to gain market share and to grow. So I'm pretty optimistic that over a longer period of time, our goal of annualized double-digit return is quite achievable. Well, there's some fascinating insights into what could clearly be some high-growth markets in the coming years. Unfortunately, that's all we've got time for, so I must give my thanks once more for his time. That's Carlos Hardenberg, the lead portfolio manager of the Mobius Investment Trust. And thank you also for listening. Do join us next time for another interactive investor podcast. Mm-hmm.